Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We got Stella Prince coming on. She's doing some great things out there. Just released a new song that you're going to actually hear her oh, perform yes. um, today. And we're that. excited about that. And we're excited to just to hear a little bit of her story and just talk music and see where this goes. So, Stella, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> so I'd like to start the show off the same right now because we're in a tough time out there. Oh, yes. And you count COVID and all that. So how has COVID affected you? And what are some things you've done to kind of maneuver through this new crazy maze? Sure. You know, it's the first week, I think, of COVID, which was just about a year ago, I was so lost and unsure how I would be able to continue mm -hmm. my career. Um, it was really so scary um, and such a crazy mm -hmm. time in the beginning. But I think over this past year, um, you know, luckily, you know, thank God for computers because I've just really been able to totally continue with my career and continue performing virtually. And just the fact that I can reach so many people without even leaving my house is <laughs> seriously amazing. Um, so I think career-wise, um, it's been going actually really great um, in the pandemic, but I will say I really, really miss seeing my friends and family. Um, so that has really impacted me. It's very hard um, to stay home a lot. So, and yeah, you know, everybody thought it was going to be this short thing. Like um, two weeks at first. Sandy yeah. read up on pandemics yes. and read that the average pandemic lasts two years. So we kind of mm -hmm. knew. Yeah, we were it, like, we was hoping it would be short, but we kind of knew it was going to be. Yes. But but you know, we launched this show um, January of last year, and I remember, you know, a couple months for the pandemic, and I remember our original plan was to interview a hundred people and we thought hey if we did that that would be a lot we don't know if we can pull that many off and you know and then the pandemic happens and I was like um okay this could be our silver lining you know as a new yeah. show it's harder to get the bigger guests and I was like you know what because of the pandemic we might get artists we might not normally get mm -hmm. and so we just went all out and we we did over 300 interviews last year because wow. of that wow yeah, I think it's definitely benefited a lot of musicians in strange ways. Um, you know, like for me, I think I've been able to really grow my following more than ever, um, you know, on Instagram and YouTube, yeah. um, just because everyone's home and everyone's on their phones, you know, and everyone's on Spotify streaming music, you know, at home. So it's definitely, I think it's benefited me that way for sure. And I think it's going to be a game changer for the whole industry as a whole. I mean, there's a plane going up across. Yes. But I, th but I think, you know, a lot of the artists are learning to create these online concerts where you, people pay five, 10, 20 bucks to do that. I see the day when everything starts to come back where you're going to have your live show, but you're going to also do that part of it. So now you'll be able to have your online world participate in your live concerts. Right. Oh, absolutely. And um, yeah, I just did a show with um, Launch TV, which is like the virtual streaming service. Um, a few okay. ago. And it was like I got 50 people um, to buy tickets and watch oh, me wow. all online. And it was just amazing. Wow. You know, we couldn't see their faces, but they wrote comments and, you know, they like it and share it. And it was just really a wonderful experience. And it imagine was, still uh, doing that when you're doing a live show. Right. I think it's going to make it much more impactful for each artist. Crazy that we had to go through a pandemic for people to learn this because the technology has been there. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, fascinating. I mean, one year ago, I had no idea what Zoom was, you know, <laughs> thing. And, you know, one year later, this is our lives and this is what everyone does every day. And I think, you know, in the future, if someone were to perform live, they could also do it on Zoom and it would reach yep. millions more. And it's just so exciting in a way. Because yeah, then, you know, yeah. then they get the best of both worlds because, you know, there's nothing like that face-to-face -face interaction with the crowd but it would be great to be an inter interchange app with it so you do both and right. fans from all over the world can watch too oh that would be amazing <laughs> it's really exciting i'm really hoping that a lot of venues are going to start to open up in the fall um because oh, yes. i'm going my first tour and you know i want to experience this and although it's been wonderful you know it has been a whole year so i am you know a little ready to start <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Sure. Um, I think some of my favorite things to do is really anything that has nothing to do with music. So I can just kind of rest my mind. <laughs> right. And, that makes sense. It does. Yeah, I mean, just really relax for my career. So, you know, baking, cooking, um, gardening. We live on um, seven acres in upstate New York. So we have lots of beautiful land and, um, you know, really just taking walks down to the creek and, you know, anything that will really just take my mind off of music and definitely staying away from my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's important. That is important. <laughs> so what would you say is something quirky about you? Oh, something quirky. Um, you know, I think something that people don't know about me is that one of my all time favorite things to do is write. Um, and the funny thing is my love for writing really came first um, before music. I mean, mm -hmm. I always knew that I wanted to be a singer, but I was really just writing so much oh, wow. in grade school and, you know, either poetry or short stories. Um, and my dad is a writer. And so it was just a great um, inspiration to have growing up. So I think I'll always love writing, um, even aside from songwriting. But mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, even when I discovered music, um, songwriting is kind of the perfect thing for me because it combines music and writing, and that's my yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I always like to go a step further and go deeper than that. When did it click that this could actually be a career choice for you? Yeah, I mean, probably when I was around four. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, the funny thing is I had always known, but I think it was around preschool age where, you know, people start to ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, and I just immediately always answered, I want to be a famous singer. That was pretty uh, much my whole life, all I ever wanted. Um, but it wasn't really until around like two years ago where I really started, you know, trying to do this like super seriously. Yeah. Um, doing this. Like, what changed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say around 13 um, is when I just totally put my mind to it. And this is all I do, pretty much. I mean, this is my whole life. So. Well, I definitely love that. Um, so, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, Miranda, and Carrie. They don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their levels, but even a career level within the entertainment music world. And I always want to talk about that side of it because nobody really talks about it out there. I mean, they, they slim a little bit, but for the most part, nobody really digs deep on the sacrifice side. And I want to talk about that. I'm going to tell a quick story that it kind of helped guide us where I 
want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, her and her daughter were full-time with music. And I asked Allison what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. I'll never forget what she said. She said, this will sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, the moment, because the moment you want it to be a career, your life has to change. She goes, you no longer own your life. Your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays but you know when you're in that grind mode especially the beginning you you don't have time to do anything extra if it don't have to do with music then then your family has to sacrifice they kind of got to kick you out the door and share you be willing to share you with the world but then she added but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it what do you think of what she said let's talk about that Oh, that is so true. You know, I think you really have to put your blinders on for the first like 10 years of just doing a full-time music career because it's so hard not to get distracted. And that's something that I've really struggled with because I think a lot of friends my age, you know, 15-year-old girls, um, they are not interested in hearing about a music career. You know, school and boys and, you know, they are not thinking about a career. Um, And so that's been the hardest thing to sacrifice is having a whole bunch of really, really great friends my own age who I can really talk to. And I think who would really understand me um, because many of them really just don't understand what I'm doing. Um, and, and you know, and a lot of people don't understand the creative uh, mindset, right? Because it's it's different. It's not like you're nine to five. You're twenty four seven. Like I remember, many times you listen to interviews of big artists, and the host is always taking. There's always one question that they almost always ask: What would you be doing if music didn't work? And the answer, ninety percent of the time, is I would just be a broke musician. Right. Because that I had no plan B. And and you watch the host and they're almost like, what do you mean you had no plan B? Yeah, because they don't understand that in the music world, in the acting world, in the, you know, anything creative, that if you have a plan B when the struggle comes, right. and it will, your plan B becomes plan A. Right. Oh, that's so true. Um, you know, I've never, ever had a plan B. And that is the mindset that I carry in my head my whole life. You will make it. You know, there is no like doing something else um, or moving away or just forgetting music entirely. That is not an option. Like I've known my whole life that this is exactly what I want out of my life is to make it, um, you know, in the music industry. And so I am so happy to just focus on this and not do anything else. Um, so I think if someone did ask me what else I would be doing, that <laughs> really the truth is, you know, just being, you know, a musician living in, you know, in parents' basement or something. It, you know, it's that's what I would do. <laughs> and it's funny because we yeah. listen to other podcasts, and that, and usually one of the questions they always ask if you weren't doing music, what would you be doing? Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest, I hate that question. That's why we don't ask that question because I'm like. Um, if you're serious about this, you're all in. Now, granted, yes. there's some people disagree with me on this, you know, yes. but when you do, when you look at the math, when you do the math yes. and you look at how many people are trying to make it in that crazy music scene, if you're not all in, someone else is. 
It's really true. And you have to take as much as you can possibly get and just put all your energy into music. Um, and it's really exhausting. I mean, it's your entire life. I mean, you know, I am, you know, nervous and on edge, you know, all the time if I'm waiting for an important email or, um, you know, I'm just, you know, getting ready for a performance. So it's really um, very exhausting, but I think it's definitely worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's like when we started the show, I wasn't doing emails um, on my phone. Right. I always thought, you know what, when we're out and about, I don't oh, want yeah. business and all that. Right. And then one day I just, I decided, you know, let me try this. Yeah. And I added it to the phone and I tell you what, it's been such a blessing. Oh, now yeah. some people might think it's a curse, but for right. us, we've been out and about and I've been able to make deals happen while we're out and about through the phone. That yeah. if I'd have waited till we got home, then Maybe who knows, it, it might not would happen. It's really true. And you just have to be ready, like all the time. Like when I heard about this podcast, which I was so excited about, it was literally like yesterday. And I was like, hey, I'll do my schedule. I will do, you know, and you just have to be like super ready to go. We had somebody back out and I told Sherry, I was like, yeah, because she, she pitched, loves Sherry. She pitched you to me and I was like, I don't know if this is too quick, but we have somebody back out. If right. she can fill this spot, that'd be great. Yeah, I know. This happened, I think, a few days ago with um, Devin O'Day. I did her podcast. Oh, yeah. And she's like, can you do it, like, tomorrow morning? And it's like 10 at night. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it's so funny. I, um, I'm in school still, but I graduate in the spring. And, um, you know, it was so funny. I sent the podcast to um, all my teachers and they totally outed me. They showed it to the whole class and they were like, I didn't know that she was doing this, you know, so. Oh, wow. Well, be sure to share this one too. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so um, we talked about the sacrifice a little bit. Now let's flip the script and go the other way. Let's talk about the glory side. Yeah. Tell us a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that. Oh, sure. Um, well, I think that definitely comes after every single performance I've done. Um, I think performing is probably my all-time favorite thing to do. Um, and I love traveling. And so I have a feeling I'm really going to love being on tour when that time comes, um, which is really, I'm so grateful for that. Because um, I don't know if it would be worth it if I hated traveling. Um, but yeah, you know, I think just the very end after the performance um, and just feeling just so happy and satisfied with that. Um, and I think also, you know, the moment after I write a fantastic song, I just feel like so satisfied and so relieved and just like, this is why I do what I do. I'm so happy with this. Um, <coughs> it's very, I think the, mainly it's the, the really creative times. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're going to perform a song for us, right? Yes, I'm so, so tell excited. us about the song a little bit. Please do. Sure. Um, so this song is called Before You Leave. Um, and this is actually my debut single. I am so excited. Um, it came out exactly a week ago last Friday. Um, and you know, I think it really talks about um, you know, loss and just losing someone. Um, and it totally came out of the pandemic, um, not being able to seeing the people you love. And, and you know, losing loved ones. Um, and I think, you know, it's such a universal theme because so many people are going through that right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's really resonating with with lots of people. And we listened to it earlier and, oh, yeah. and you've got this authentic voice. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that we just love. And so we're excited. So the floor is yours. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Here we go.
traditional sound we've noticed and and you've yes. got what they what you said you want to bring back the three j's tell us that about it <laughs> yeah um so some of my influences are definitely in the folk genre um so probably Joni Mitchell Joan Baez and Judy Collins um are really some of the most authentic um really most beautiful musicians um i think i've ever heard and you know their music has just inspired me on a daily basis um and so you know, I think something they did is really, I think they brought that authenticity to the pop charts and to the pop stations, um, you know, in the 1960s and 70s. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I would love to do and I'm trying to do uh, to sort of bring this authenticity um, back to contemporary music and back to a mainstream audience. Um, so it's just, it would be amazing someday to have this kind of music, you know, be considered so mainstream where everyone knows it um, and just have this emotion be with everyone um because i think it's so powerful and susan said gorgeous on the song yes thank you thank you so much <laughs> so you as you know a lot of people they see the artists but they don't see the teams behind them and in my opinion the teams never get the love they deserve no, they and don't. i don't care if you have a team of one or a team of 300 as justin bieber said he's had <laughs> a team is a team and it takes a team to make that village work. So tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. 
Sure, of course. Um, well, first I'll just mention um, Sherry Cranford. She's yes, we love her. Oh, we do. Yes. Amazing. Um, she just introduced me to you guys yesterday. But, uh, no, she's wonderful. Um, and then, of course, you know, my parents, um, they're both artists and my dad is a oh, writer. Wow. Mom is a painter, and so they really have just understood me from the very beginning. And they've made so many sacrifices, and they've done everything they possibly can to to help me um, become who I want to be. So I think you know, obviously, I have to thank them first. Um, but then also, um, I have to just say that Global Songwriters Connection, um, which is an amazing organization out of Nashville. Mm -hmm. Um, have just really, really helped me. Um, and they've really just worked with me um, since I was about 14. Um, and oh, wow. um, Cherie Spoltori, um, she has just worked with me and mentored me one-on-one -on -one every week for about over a year now. And she's just brought so much. Um, and I've learned so much through her um, and her company. So I think they would definitely have to be one of the best artist development companies ever. They're amazing. Oh, well, wow. now tell us, you know, and you probably have hundreds, if not thousands of these, but tell us a parent story where they went above and beyond for your career. And you're like, wow, they really get that This is my passion. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I think it started from the very beginning. Um, I was actually trained classically. Um, oh, and wow. I started, you know, singing at a, a conservatory prep program when I was around seven. And, you know, my parents were the one that brought me there. You know, they said she is obsessed with music. She needs to study. Um, you know, they came every week and they made the drive. And, um, you know, later I moved to studying at a conservatory in New York City. And so every morning they woke up at six in the morning, drove the two and a half hours from New York City. Um, with me every week for over a year um, and they never complained and they were it's just amazing um, and of course they take me to Nashville as often as we can go um, so really it's just you know amazing and I will say um, that my mom you know she just knows me so well and she knows you know pretty much everything about me you know when I'm hungry when I'm tired like she'll just <laughs> You know, it's just amazing um, what a mom's feelings can be. Um, but yeah, so really, you know, they've just done everything. So it's so grateful. Love that. Now, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, a little nine-year-old that we, we bring do. on. We do. It's Christopher. He always yeah. asks a couple of questions. Say he's going to go get him. I will get him. And we've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in the show, too. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they say, you know, we are a family affairs show, and you know if we can involve the family, why not? Oh, absolutely! Oh my God, well, I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she's getting him. <clears throat> it's it's definitely always interesting, you know. Like you were talking about with your mom, mm -hmm. you know, I know Sandy can definitely relate to that. You know, she knows every little details about them, and I would probably be like, "Okay, I didn't know that." <laughs> Hi. Hi, Stella. What's your favorite food? Oh my gosh, I think it would have to be ice cream, honestly, because after I sing, my throat gets so dry and ice cream just feels so good on it. <laughs> What's yours? Mice pizza. Mm, love pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pizza and ice cream go great together, too. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're next. All right, what's your favorite TV show? Oh, gosh. Honestly, I love anything old. Um, so I think probably from the 1950s, I love like I Love Lucy, and you probably don't know those shows yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> 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 What's yours? 
Mine is is pizza. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's a TV pizza. show. <laughs> That's a great TV show. I keep forgetting. Yeah, which is right. 13. So a SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, I loved that one when I was growing up. <laughs> What's been cool is that, you know, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to bring on quite a bit of people that he watches on TV onto our show. Oh, wow. Oh, that's amazing. I wish so I we've had We've had several people from side the new show Side Hustle come on. So that was pretty cool. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. And there's going to be a new show on Nick coming on March 20th called Drama Club. Wow, well, we'll have to get somebody from that. To come <laughs> so on. we'll try to get somebody from that too, I guess. Oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> <Right>. Bye, thanks. <laughs> Meet you. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I, I love that little rawness because he thought he was thinking wrong question. I know. Oh, he's so yeah, sweet. So small brain freeze there. It happens to all of us. So we've got <laughs> <it> <laughs> Speaking of brain freeze, have you ever done that? And what was that moment? Well, tell us a moment where you're like, whoa, that just happened. Uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, it's very rare that I do forget a lyric. Um, but sometimes that is brought on by if I play the wrong chord or I'm capoed wrong. Um, and that is always just like so jarring to me. So like I never do that. And it totally like gets me off track. But um, I think the most important thing is to just <coughs> – start over again and pretend like nothing happened. Um, but that definitely is a very upsetting moment for me because I'm a perfectionist, but. <laughs> but that's like with our show, yes. you know, I've got this pattern that I do with the show and it goes smoothly most times, but every now and then if, when we have a guest that comes on and they have technical issues at the beginning and we're oh, trying to get right. it all solved, and then we're nervous. It's not. We're not yeah. going to be able to do the interview. Then, then we actually get it and we go live. Now my mind doesn't remember what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so then, usually the beginning is like messed up on me on that part because my mom was on the mess ups. Oh, honestly, yeah. I think tech, I was so worried about all these computers um, in the beginning of quarantine. Even now, I still get a little concerned um, because there's been a few interviews and, you know, a few where I've had to like plug my little microphone in. And there were a few times where it didn't connect and no one could hear me. And it was very stressful. Just say that. Yeah, that's yes. like when we first started the show, we started audio only. So we mm -hmm. used like blog talk radio. We did that for like and 10, it, and, nine months. And I liked it because it had, you just give the guests a phone number. They call into the phone number and we're, we use a phone and it, it worked really great. <clears throat> and um, sometimes it glitches, but for the most part, it was really stable. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember I told Sam, and she told me at the very beginning she would never do video, will only do audio. And now uh, yeah, it's, yeah. and, and um, <clears throat> but we, I remember when I finally convinced her, I was like, you know what, the future is video. We kind of yeah. gonna have to do. We still have audio too because you download the audio parts. Yeah. Um, so we finally made that decision to go video, and I, I, I made a kind of a boo boo doing this because I was like, you know what, we're going. To wait, we're gonna we're gonna go with video. Our very first one's gonna come out with a bang. We're gonna get a big guest, mm -hmm. and we're gonna make that the first video. Yeah. And we end up being Allie Brooke. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't get a whole lot bigger than her out there. Yes. And um, especially back in the day with Fifth Harmony and all that. Mm -hmm. But it was crazy because at in the middle of the interview, I'm sitting there thinking, 
Okay, we were having it technical issue. I never used Streamyard. She kept freezing. She kept freezing with everything. I was half off the screen. So, and Her so, background was and, not set so, up. Well, and I'm sitting there like, that was a mistake doing mm. the first video as a with a big artist. And we I'm like, get the glitch I'm like, oh yet. god, nobody's gonna want to come on our show after this. Yeah. But, but we've been able to hone it and everything. Yeah. And now we've kind of perfected it, I hope. <laughs> you know, as best we can. Right. I mean, that's something that you really have to do is you really have to hone anything you're doing virtually. Because um, I didn't start really booking virtual performances until about around May of 2020. Um, and so okay. between like March and May, just as, as the pandemic was getting started, um, I was able to kind of just go live on my Instagram once a week and do kind of just like a quick half hour solo show just on my Instagram live. And it really honed my performance skills. Um, Cause I, up to that point, I had never really done um, a half hour solo show. Um, oh, wow. Really, yeah. totally helped me out. And I had everything memorized by the time I really started booking shows. Um, oh, wow. It was amazing for me. Yeah. I mean, that's like with us, you know, we're probably getting close. I don't, I don't know what the latest numbers are. Yeah, we'll have to. We're edging closer to 400 total interviews since wow. January 2020. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, we I know we're over 350. We're probably I'm about sure 360, 365, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. So we're somewhere getting close to that 400 wow. in this short time that we never imagined getting here. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It feels like this year, it's it's so funny, but it feels like it just flew by so fast. Oh, yeah. It did. Unbelievable. For sure. So if you could co-write with any person, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, gosh. I think it would be Emmylou Harris. I have oh, to, she's amazing. Yeah. She is such a, a legend and she's one of my biggest heroes. Um, and so it's so funny at, at Global Songwriters Connection, we keep trying to, you know, to get Emmy Lou to listen to me. Um, but hopefully someday I'll be able to write with yes. her. That'll be awesome. So now this question probably has a thousand answers. Just think of the first thing that pops in your head. But what is a song out there that you've heard that you wish you wrote? Oh my gosh. Um I think one of my all-time favorite songs would have to be The Circle Game by Joni Mitchell. Um, that, I think, is a, is a true masterpiece. It's really poetry, and then I think the, you know, the guitar playing and the actual melody is just brilliant. Um, so I, I sort of um, kind of tried to write a song similar to that. It's called Circle Back, um, just because I was oh, so wow. tired. Um, but yeah, definitely that song. Now, you're going to perform another song for us, ain't that right? Yes, I would love to. Um, speaking of which, I could perform Circle Back. Let's do that. <laughs> that sounds great. Awesome. All right, here we go. The falling of a star in watercolor sky. Picture perfect summers when the days move slowly by. Essence of a rainstorm, the morning after then. Brings a certain melancholy that makes me feel again. Time doesn't move in straight lines, following one simple track. And often it seems we all have to circle back. Dreaming in the night, a message in the wind, endless feet. 
for something to begin. Photographer caught in when memories are in kind. Maybe it's time to reclaim what was mine. Time doesn't move in straight lines, following one single track. And often it seems we all have to circle back. Thank you. Oh, you're muted. Wait. There you I, go. I, I, I did the the screen and forgot to unmute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. I appreciate um, the clapping though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not like a lot of shows where they got people that can do all that. We have to do it all. We have to, I have to yeah, flip we're screen the technical team here. And everything. <laughs> I totally get you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so two, in 2015, yeah. we inter got we got the interview at Kelsey Ballerini before everybody pretty much knew who she was. Oh, yeah. She was starting to climb the charts at that time. And I remember I asked her that um, where she wanted to be in five years. I always like to tell this story before I um, ask that same question to the guests, because the answer she gave us was almost to the T of what she's living five, six years later. And it's, you know, it's amazing to watch that, oh, that, that yeah. her living out that dream. So she knew where she was going. Oh, yeah. She had it planned out. Knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Yeah. I, you know, I will just say that I pretty much have my whole life planned out, um, <laughs> literally year by year. Um, so it's funny that you say and that. Susan, applaud. <laughs> yes. um, oh, thank you. But I don't, you know, I think honestly, I want to be as successful as I can possibly be with my music. Um, so I think in the next five years, um, you know, I think in five years from this year when I'm around 21, um, I think I want to be, you know, performing in stadiums and arenas and selling out audiences everywhere. And, you know, I want to win, you know, my first Grammy in three years. That's my plan. Wow. Uh, so I love to hear that. I love it. That's the truth, honestly. Yeah, that's what I. If you're gonna dream, dream big. You know, I, you know, it's that old saying that it takes the same energy to dream big as small. So you might as well dream big. It does. It's really true, and you know, I think dreams are really what get you started. Um, but I think definitely, you know, the journey is what gets you there. So I think, you know, I'm now just starting my journey. So I'm very excited to see where it takes me. <laughs> Love that. Now let's look 15 years down the road. Let's yeah. say that you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you you're there. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you want to remind her? I think I would want to remind her to just be true to yourself and really just be who you were in the beginning um, and not get, you know, all big headed and full of yourself um, and just, you know, be really humble and remember you know, when you started, you were so nervous and you were so scared of what would happen. Um, and so just really be mindful of that and that you really just only started out 15 years before. Um, and yeah. really be humble and really just remember how you started and the people that made you successful. So love that. Yes. So if you could go on vacation anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Oh, my gosh. Um Honestly, I think I would want to go on a tour of Europe. I have been to a few countries, but I just love Europe. Um, probably like Italy and France and Spain. It's so beautiful there. 
Awesome. And if you could describe your music to someone who's never heard it before, how would you describe it? I think I would describe it as authentic um, and acoustic. <laughs> Very good. Right. And what would you like your legacy to be as an artist? What would you ultimately like to be known for? I think really the main thing that I want is I want my music to be considered timeless. Um, you know, I don't want to be forgotten after I'm 30. I want people to play my music 100 years from now. And even after I die, I want people to know my name. So awesome. Love that. <clears throat> so what's next for you? We've talked about the future. Now let's talk yes. about the immediate. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it's just getting ready. Um, I feel like now I'm really starting to gear up for everything. Um, you know, I'm gearing up for a publishing deal, which would lead to a record deal, you know, taking mm -hmm. lots of meetings, mm -hmm. gearing up for my first tour, hopefully in the fall. Um, and, you know, also really just focusing on releasing music because um, this is my first ever single. So I'm hoping to release another song in May and then another song in July. Um, so really just preparing for for the year ahead. Love that. So as we come to a close, let's say you got a friend of yours, you heard him or her sing and they've got something special. Uh, let, let's say they've played maybe 40, 50 shows that are still getting their feet wet on the performance side. So this would be pre COVID advice to keep that in mind. And let's, and but they've gotten on stage. I got what every artist says that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them. They know they're in the right place and they come to you and they say, Stella, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? I think that specific person, I would say to take every single opportunity that comes your way, um, no matter if it, you know, kind of messes everything up, um, just do it. And, you know, really just focus and work as hard as you possibly can, because I think the first 10 years are the hardest and, they're definitely almost like a test. Everything is a test. So you just really, really have to focus. And you know, talking about the hardest, it's so right. I think that's why, you know, Nashville is called the 10 year city. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> because again, it's so hard. It's, it's, you know, so many people eventually quit because it's that hard. Um, you just got to kind of outlast the other people mm -hmm. so that you can then finally take your rightful spot. Right. And I love the little story about these two guys are in the woods and a bear pops up oh, and one guy jumps on the ground, putting his shoes on, tying them. And the other guy says, you can, what are you doing? You can't outrun that bear. He says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you. Right. And I think that's how the music business is, is you just got to outlast. Right. And, it is, yeah, and it's not a put down to anybody else. You know, everybody knows that the the rate of people quitting are extraordinary. I mean, it it's is. huge. You know, that is you just got to outlast and then eventually you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And you stay consistent and right. consistent. And then all of a sudden you get that one song that resonates. Right. It's so true. And you'll definitely be the last one standing, too. So you'll have to be noticed. Um, no, but I mean, I think that's so true um, because, you know, one of my favorite singers currently is Taylor Swift. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, she had a folk album, that one album of the year, which I just find incredible, um, mm -hmm. really paving the way for an acoustic sound to really come and dominate the pop charts. Um, but, you know, I will say she is the first woman to win album of the year three times. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with perseverance and, you know, being there for 15 years and just yes. and not quitting. 
So And she's definitely a prolific songwriter. I oh, mean it's like yes. it's like she writes all the time and and, and there that, are all these amazing songs. Yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> so as we close out, tell everybody how they can find you. Sure. Um, yeah, you can totally um, follow me on Instagram, um, Facebook, and YouTube at Stella Prince Music, and then my website, StellaPrinceMusic.com, which has all my updates. Awesome. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, we and we definitely look forward to having you back for updates. Yes, absolutely. It was wonderful to meet you both. Same, oh, here. same here. We all enjoyed right. 